On this episode, we'll continue our discussion on providing fulfillment and new direction for physicians. I'm your host, Dr. Tomas Villanueva, Senior Principal for Operations and Quality at Vizient and Practicing Internist. Joining me again is Dr. Cecilia Cruz, Board Certified Emergency Room Physician and former Co-Chair of Quality in the Division of Emergency Medicine at North Shore University Health System. She's also the founder and CEO of Marpe LLC. Cecilia, glad to have you back. Thank you for having me here again, Tom. We briefly discussed suicide. In my 30 years of practice, I've lost four colleagues to suicide, some of whom it was just a professional relationship, but two whom I was very close to. I didn't see it coming. And as a community of physicians, when we lost the last colleague, which is close to two years from now, we all started speaking to one another. Like, did anybody see it coming? And I remember specifically one physician who actually is a very close friend said, hey, Tom, I'm just a phone call away. If you need help, I'll drop whatever I'm doing. Is this growing in proportions that we're seeing among suicide within our field? The degree of suicide amongst physicians has been very high for decades. Now there is more awareness, and maybe that's part of why it seems like it's more prevalent now than it was. In reviewing several articles on the topic of physician suicide, they've said that in the past that part of the belief is in the reporting, that previously, again, because of the taboo about mental health within healthcare, oftentimes a sudden death by a physician was not reported as being suicidal to maintain perhaps out of respect for that physician for his or her family. And so co-workers would keep that under wraps and not report it as such. Again, I think that now we're starting to really understand the importance of bringing this out into the light of the importance for what your friend did for you, that we need to be there for each other, that we need to connect, that before we are doctors, we're human beings. And so just like every other human being, we need to feel safe. We need to feel appreciated. We need to feel loved. And if these needs are not met, something that isn't meant to happen is going to happen. We brought up also the stigma about seeking care. I've been a little philosophical during these episodes, but if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. What do we need to do to stop this? I believe the answer, first and foremost, is in connection. If you look at physicians across the world, we are some of the smartest and most capable people in the world. We are determined, we're hardworking, we are willing to do whatever it takes most of the time to help our patients to get things done. We need to have that same attitude for ourselves. And so learning to be empathetic towards ourselves is one of the key things. We, again, are very good about being empathetic towards others. That's one of our greatest talents and gifts, which is why we go into medicine. Now turning it around and looking at ourselves and how can we bring empathy, compassion, understanding to ourselves, to our colleagues So that when we see somebody having a bad day, maybe we call that consultant and he's not that nice on the phone and he screams at us saying, hey, what's going on? Are you okay? Remember that we're trying to work together for the good of, I'm not here against you. Reminding each other that we're not against each other, that we're here to work together and really building on that and building our capacity to find choice. What should organizations do? I brought up that I was a bit cynical beforehand, and since everything's still based on episodic care, I'll be honest with you, I'm still pretty cynical. What should organizations do? 
they need to follow through what they're saying. There's, I think, a lot of awareness now of the importance of what needs to happen next. Now it's that follow through. It's the understanding where we get lost is in thinking that we can make a decision, that we can command our brain to respond, to act a certain way, and that it's automatically going to happen. What I like to equate this to, I talk about mental fitness and physical fitness. Mental fitness is our ability to control, realize what our triggers are, take a pause and see, why am I being triggered? Why am I upset? What's going on? Move a step back and then think about what really is my choice here and how can I make a choice that will actually move the situation forward instead of causing a greater problem, not just for the situation, but really for myself. How can I be who I want to see myself be in this moment? This is not something that we can just tell our brain to do. Like physical fitness, we need to train ourselves to be able to have that capacity to do that. I cannot tell myself today, oh, you know what, Cecilia, tomorrow you're going to run a marathon and tell my legs tomorrow, keep going, you're going to run 26.2 miles today. We believe, however, that we can do that with our brain, that we can say tomorrow I am going to be absolutely patient with anyone and everyone that comes to speak with me. I'm going to engage them with kindness and with respect. I will not get angry or upset. And we think that we can do that. And we can't. We need to train ourselves to do that. And so that's what healthcare organizations need to do. Those healthcare leaders that are talking about bringing empathy and compassion and creativity and innovation to how they work with their physicians and other staff. They need to train their brains to actually be able to do that because regardless of how much they want to, they won't be able to do it unless they train their brains to be that new way. I couldn't agree more. And I think we need to overemphasize that during this episode. It's that these are a key set of resources. This actually has to be learned the same way as everything else we do in healthcare. This resource of how to deal and how to be mindful in reference to mental health well-being is a learned object. It has nothing to do with will. You have to obviously want to do it, but you don't have the skill set and it is a skill set. Absolutely. So what can our colleagues do to get that? What I propose is mental fitness. Mental fitness is a great way for our colleagues to build those skills because it's a very clear process. It's very simple. So it's not anything that's difficult to understand or learn, but it gives you key steps on how to develop those skills. First, it's really that awareness of recognizing oh my goodness, in these situations, in these circumstances, when I'm talking about this topic, I tend to react in this way. And is this the best way? Recognizing how and why. Then having the ability to pause and actually pull yourself back, just quiet yourself down and quiet your mind down so that then you can, from this almost outside space, look into the moment and be like, okay, what's going on here and why am I reacting this way? And then finally, being able to access those other skills or those other resources within yourself to respond in a way that's actually useful. Again, in a way that you can say to yourself, this connection is going to allow creativity. It's going to allow me to, at the end of the day, look back upon this moment and think, wow, Cecilia, I really like the way you responded in that moment because you gave Tom the opportunity to really be himself and bring some new creativity. 
But again, that is a process and we need to work on building that. Mental fitness is the way that I really propose that we do that as physicians and in healthcare, it's going to serve us greatly. Couldn't agree more again. So tell me about your organization. Sure. My company is called Marfe, and what we do is precisely work with physicians and physician teams in helping them build these mental fitness skills. We meet with them ideally in groups or teams, although we do work with individuals as well. But the beauty of working with teams within a healthcare organization is the accountability that that provides because it dots I's and crosses T's at many different levels because it's something that they're learning together. It allows them really the ability to get to know each other on a different level. And now they're growing these skills together. And so there's a clear process in the skills that they're learning. And so as they're learning the vocabulary and how to develop the skills, they can say to each other, hmm, Joe, why don't you use X skill that we just learned last week? Let's bring this together. And they really support each other. So it's a beautiful way to bring this into a healthcare organization, to a team, and grow those those mental fitness skills. That is wonderful news. And thank you for everything you do. I also have to remind our colleagues, just because we're docs and we believe we got it all together, there have been many times I had to remind myself that even Tom Brady had a coach. (laughs) Absolutely. This was a great discussion, Cecilia. Hey, thank you. Great episodes. And to our listeners, you can contact Dr. Cruz at our email address in the resource section of our podcast page. And if you have any additional questions pertaining to modern practice or simply want to send us your comments, please contact me at our email, modernpracticepodcast at vizientinc.com. We've posted a link in our resource section. And please join us for other modern practice podcasts. Subscribe today, like us, or send us your comments. And now I'm Dr. Tomas Villanueva. Thanks for listening.